This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. First priority was to try and keep that clean sheet. We had two or three good opportunities, as many as them in the game. Uh, and if we'd have got that one goal ahead, uh, I think we'd have probably taken all three points. The priority was to try and get a point. When you've conceded late on, as we have done uh, in the previous two away games, I think at uh, Sheffield Wednesday and at Everton, we've conceded two goals in each of those in the last 15 minutes. There's no point in going to Harrogate as we did a few weeks ago, playing well, much more chances created at Harrogate than we did at Stevenage, but not doing our job defensively and losing 3-0. So we have to sort of start somewhere and it's a good platform to build on. If you can win your home games, you know, and nick something on the road, then you're in good shape. Ah, the age-old question. Performance but no end product or towing the basic line and taking something home at the end of the day. A goalless draw at Stevenage saw a Scrooge-like display from the Stags, not giving anything away. But do we need to be more like Buddy the Elf? Generous, spontaneous, jolly, overexcitable and just a little bit mad. Yes, I've been watching Christmas films. As we welcome Grimsby on Saturday in the final game before Christmas, we're asking if you think the Stags' attack should make like Santa, take the shackles off the reindeer and bloody well deliver an early Christmas present in the form of goals and points. As always, we welcome your feedback to talk all things Stevenage, talk all things Grimsby and anything else Mansfield Town related which you might come up with in between. Oh, and don't forget we'll have the answer to today's Santa's Stagmas calendar question coming up here on the podcast. So as always, come and have your say on your team in the comments on the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. And even though there's just a couple of weeks to go now before Christmas, there is still no Christmas decoration in the Mansfield Matters studio, aka one little space which I've got to sit and do the podcast and make it look like I'm not in an office which is full of boxes because I'm moving home. Spoiler alert, I am. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. And like I said in the intro, yeah, I am in the tightest space humanly possible to do a podcast. I've got everything piled up on an old wonky table, a printer, a couple of uh, microphone boxes and a glass plate that I found uh, in the kitchen. So if anything goes a little bit glitchy tonight, I apologise for that because I'm not in my usual uh, setup. But we'll try and muddle on through and talk all things Mansfield Town. And to do that, we need your help at home. As always, feel free to get involved, have your say on your team with anything Mansfield Town related that you want to talk about. We'll be talking uh, all things Stevenage, talk, look ahead to Grimsby, the Christmas period, how we're doing this season, anything Mansfield time related that you want to talk about. Plus, we'll reveal the answer to today's uh, Santa's Stagmas calendar question, which was all about our current uh, incumbent of the number 15 shirt, Jason Law, and how many uh, managers that he has played under the question if you missed it earlier on our social media it was Jason Law is the current Stags number 15 he's also our current longest serving player but how many managers 
uh, has he served under and can you name them? I'll reveal the answer later on in the show. But first, let's say hello and good evening uh, to one man who's looking a little bit more festive than what I am. And you'd expect so because it is Mr. Claus himself. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, Al. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Very fetching Christmas tree, uh, very well decorated as well. Uh, all work of your good lady, I, sus uh, I suspect. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. It's all Jeanette's work. Jolly, jolly good. Have you got a stag on top of the tree, a stag ornament yeah, anywhere? There's, there's quite a few. I think there's about six. You can see one just here. There's quite a few uh, stags on there, yeah. Jolly good work. Uh, and one man who's not got a Christmas tree, but he has got a Christmas collection of shirts. It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Evening, Nick. Hi, Craig. You okay? Very good, mate. Good to see you, uh, as always. And uh, good to see that you've uh, dragged a rail downstairs again with even, even more Mansfield shirts on. Now, if I was to take a guess as to how many shirts are on that rail, I'm going to say somewhere around the 43 mark. <laughs> I'll say Would 42. I'll tell you what, Alan, you've, you, you've hit the nail on the head. They don't know you've done that. <laughs> no, no idea. Oh, dear. And all home shirts as well. Yeah, they're just they're just home ones. Generally, most of them are match one ones. But yeah, just home ones today. Have you? Are they ordered in any way in particular? Are they done from like oldest to newest or are they just chucked yeah. on? Uh, newest, that one, that's this year's. And then that one is, that one's a bit older. As you can see, uh, yeah, we, we go from we go from late seventies to this year. That way, good. You mean we we need to get you like a building in Mansfield Town Centre somewhere just to do or or a little space in the museum during like the close season or something just to do like a parade a of your yeah just a, a, like a one day Mansfield Town shirts themed thing with a little bit of history around the shirt and a few of your stories of how you've met ex-player at service stations and things like that. Now, speaking of that, you know, a um, couple of weeks ago, we were going to have you on the podcast, but we couldn't get you on um, because um, you were, uh, I believe, heading to either a service station or a lay-by to meet up with uh, another ex-stag to uh, delve into a, a shirt collection. How many shirts and from what era? It, it was a it was a little upgrade from a lay-by. It was actually uh, the services near East Midlands Airport, which is a slight <laughs> upgrade on a on a on a, uh, a lay-by, but not quite. It was only one shirt, um, but it has quite a resemblance and a good link to the video that Mansfield posted slightly earlier over a particular game in 1994. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. So, so when you, when you're when you're going to collect these shirts now, you know. Obviously, you know, ex-players talk to each other and they know that there's a, a lad hunting the shirts down somewhere. Are you having to now throw coffees, a uh, little bite to eat into the mix as well to convince them to try to, to do the travelling to meet you in these service stations? In these sordid locations? Yeah. Um, not, not quite. Um, yeah, some of the ones where you uh, where they, they're not asking for anything in return in cash... Um, you usually feel like you have to do something. But, yeah, the ones that you're paying it for, I don't feel quite so guilty. Uh, well, <laughs> next time that you're needing to hand uh, something over, you know, because they're giving you the shirt for absolutely nothing, uh, let us know. And what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll hand you a box of Mansfield Matters mugs, uh, which we can finally get rid of, and they can, uh, they, they can, they can have one of them. I think, you know, that would be expert sort of uh, payment, really, I'd have thought. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can vouch for the quality of the mug now because since you were last on, you now have your trick mug. It's there. I've got it. It's actually got something in it as well. It's not just a prop that Craig pays me £5 every time I lift it up. Definitely do not pay £5 to anybody. I mean, you've seen that how this show works. There's definitely not budget to pay people for, for, for coming on in the first place. The budget has gone on Alan's Christmas tree, I think. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> it is a very festive piece to be there. Uh, right, before we delve into uh, all things uh, on the pitch in the current day then, uh, give us what every fan likes when you come on the podcast now in your intermittent spells. Uh, shirt update, or as we're going to call it, shop date. The shop date, I mean, the, the one that I was talking about is actually um, Mr Wilkinson's shirt from when he oh. scored the hatchet against Chesterfield, but also um, from the playoff semi-final, that is that shirt. It's the only shirt that he owned. Um, he didn't own any other shirts for the Stags, so I was when I met him and got it off him. It is the last Mansfield shirt he owned, so I was really pleased. It's a number nine as well, which obviously makes it even better. 
Um, but uh, yeah, a bit of a divided opinion shirt, that one, but I was really pleased to get it. Uh, it's yeah, probably it's my favourite one I've got now, I think, I would suggest. Uh, just because of the history of it and the fact that it was worn in the playoff semi-final. He wore it when he scored the hat-trick uh, in the game that we showed earlier. So, yeah, I was really pleased to get that one. Now you see, now you've got hold of that, what you should have done, you should have whacked it on eBay following them putting that video out and they, you could have doubled your money on it. But I know that it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not about the money for you, is no. it? It's about the, it's the completing the collection. Yeah, if it was about the money, I think I would have given up a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> yeah, not off, absolutely. Where are you at you with your collection now then? Because last time you were close to the 100, I think. Yeah. Have you had a, now, have you had I, a count? I've just counted before. I've got 43 home and I think I've got slightly more away and I've got about 10 goalkeeper shirts. So I must be there. I haven't counted them up. They're on a spreadsheet, but I haven't added them all up. I must be. I must be. I've, I've probably had quite a few this month with a few um, decent finds. So, And I've also acquired uh, Stephen Eistead's tracksuit from the FA Trophy final, which is Christ. random, which so I went to meet him in his house about two weeks ago, which was, which was cool. Brilliant. So you've you've directly liaised with Stevie Eistead then? I went to his house, yeah. Where, where's he living? Um, he's about to move to Australia in January, but he currently lives... Um, he lives. He's a Geordie, isn't he? Stevie he, Eistead. He's, yeah, he's like South Sheffield, basically. Um, uh, so not, yeah, not too In bad, between though. Nottingham and Sheffield, Don, Doncaster-ish. Um, but yeah, he's moving to Australia, so I, I caught him about three weeks before he moves house. Now, when you went round, uh, this is very niche and people might think I'm weird for, for saying this, but those who will remember will remember. Was he wearing any clothes? Yes, he did have clothes on, yes. Do you know what I'm referring to? I do, I do, uh, yeah. But it was quite cold, to be fair, and we kind of met on the doorstep. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best idea for all parties that you did. Oh, yeah, yeah well, good idea, that. For those that don't, I think many years ago he was he was one of there's always like players in your team that sort of become like the pin-up boys of, of that team. And uh, I know he got famously along with uh, Steve O, the, the club's uh, head of media and communications, and he did a uh, a bit of a naked chef style uh, stint where he sort of they used to do like articles in the program when they interviewed him, and they used to film it for iPhone. And I believe that they went he went around for dinner or something, and I said was was cooking naked, and there was various shots of his arse on show and it sent the female fan base and a few of the male fan bases. Clive was very happy. Uh, it sent them wild. So I see that's why I asked the question whether he actually had clothes on this time. He did have clothes on. He did. But he, he says he's moving in uh, moving in January time, moving in the new year. Yeah, he's moving over to Australia. Uh, he, he did say he'd met Kyle Nix the week before, which was another sort of Mansfield reference. So he's mm, still, yes. I think that was the only person he still kept in contact was Kyle Nix, I think. Wow, well, we'll have to chat after this because, again, we have a list of players that we want to get on and we've not really had anyone on from the era of uh, the FA Trophy final. So uh, Yeah, he had some good stories, and... to be fair. I was there probably yeah. far too long, stood at the doorstep with the, the wife and child in the car. So, yeah, he... Um, I bet that didn't go down he, well, To be it? fair, he was... He, yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, he, he was he was all up for, for, for all sorts of stuff, stag-related. So, yeah, he'd definitely come on. We'll have a chat. We'll have a chat after, and we'll get yeah, it. Uh, we'll get it sorted. Uh, right? Shall we move on to actual uh, now and then content? Actually, no, because before we do talking shirts, obviously, you know, you've joined Facebook now as well. Um, you're still on Instagram. You're on Twitter. You started a very healthy debate on uh, Twitter the other day, didn't you, with the uh, the, the the best Surridge kit? Yeah, I I thought I'd got a photo. The more the, the problem is, if I haven't put the shirt on, I generally haven't photographed it. So I, I realised it just came to me that I'd, I'd now got all the storage ones on there. So I just put them all on one. I'm going to do the away shirts next week. But yeah, it was a bit of a, I think a few, a few comments on quality and quite a few comments on people's in terms of the actual kits themselves. But in terms of the looks, I don't think they're particularly bad. I think the yeah. template could, there's so much you could do with the Stag's colours, but I think sometimes we're a little bit bland. No. You see, this is an interesting debate, and we might have to uh, we might have to roll this over to another episode because yesterday we recorded um, the Mansfield Matters Christmas special, uh, where me, Alan, and Clive did Room One Hundred and One, and we were sort of discussing items Mansfield Town related that we chuck into Room One Hundred and One and things like that. And it never really occurred to us to talk shirts and shirt quality and things like that. But I don't know; it's just a it's a very interesting debate, and one thing that I would have thrown in i've only just thought about it now is when home shirts and away shirts don't match in design what's your thoughts on on that because i'm quite traditional if you've got 
the home shirt, I quite li- I'd like the away shirt to be an exact reverse of it, just the opposite in colour. Just you know a what different I mean? colour. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you missed the trick with some of those, especially the uh, the one with the stripe on it. Yes, is, my favourite one, which I also don't own, which is annoying. Yes, oh, I don't yeah. think I've got. I don't think I've got that one. Yeah, they. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that one reversed. That would have been quite nice, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, they, I'm, I'm surprised that I think they they play it quite safe with stag shirts. I think. Well, they have done recently. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens next season. More on that in the summer, right, Alan? Let's move on. Let's talk all things that are on the pitch. Goalless draw at uh, Stevenage against Ghosts of Mansfield's past on Saturday afternoon. What were your overriding feelings of uh, of that result? I thought from uh, the, everything that I've seen and heard about it, I thought it was a good point. Uh, definitely well worth a point, you know, if not the three. Because Stevenage didn't look to me that special. You know, I think if we really put them to the sword... I think would have come out, you know, with three points. But uh, I don't know was it, whether it was an off day, whether we played reasonably well. But uh, I thought Maris was absolutely exceptional on Saturday from what I saw. Yeah, he played He played well. He had a good game. Um, I have to say, Nick, I was a little bit disappointed again um, in Clough. I understand why he did what he did. Um, we obviously tried to shut up shop and nullify Stevenage a little bit because you know they are on a roll this season understandably under Steve Evans they've built some momentum and are a dangerous side but I saw the starting 11 and I thought you know what this will be a really good starting 11 and a really attacking starting 11 if we start 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 diamond and lo and behold we start lining up for the kickoff and where does Lucas Aikens go and it's not a personal attack on him it's just he's the player that is the difference between the five and the, the four he goes to right wing back. And that as soon as I saw that, I turned to Clive and I just sort of sank in my seat a little bit. I think it makes it even worse after the fact that he came on for two minutes and probably did more in two minutes against Colchester than a lot of them did in 88. So I'm surprised mm. he didn't play him up front, um, considering that, that we need that little bit of, I call it randomness up front, because he's a bit random, isn't he? You don't quite know what yeah. he's going to do. I don't think he knows what he's going to do. Um, so I am surprised. I can see why he went five at the back. I think after the Harrogate game and various other games where we've been exposed a little bit. But yeah, I think as fans, you always want to see us attack. Um, but but at the end of the day, I think we we kind of I say went for a point. But I think we'd have taken a point at the start. He realised I think that was what was going to come and just kept it very much like that. But yeah, we we could have we could have certainly gone for it. I think from what I've seen, they said we were the best side that they played all year. I saw a couple of comments from their fan pages about that. So. But it's just nice. It would have been nice if we could have gone for it. But again, you, you see them lining up and you think, oh, no, here we go. It's five again. But It's a frustrating one to sort of quandary, Alan, because, you know, we were talking about it, weren't we? You said, you know, with last couple of games, we'd really improved bar for those moments sort of uh, late on where we'd, we'd switched off by playing the four. And then he reverts back to the five. But in his midweek sort of press conference interview, he's sort of come out and explained why he did it because he wanted to sort of go back to basics and just sort of start a scratch by getting a clean sheet. And I I can praise that to a degree, but I just think with the potential he had and the 11, that the 11 names that he'd chosen, if he'd just gambled and flipped the coin, I think we may have been sitting here talking about three points rather than one. It's just a shame that the Reese Oates effort, you know, early on in the game, after what was it, about six minutes or whatever it was, might even have been earlier than that. But uh, it's a shame that didn't go in because it could have, well, it would have had a different complexion on the game. They would have had to come out, you know, and left big rolls at the bank for us to exploit. But, you know, it's... It's a starting point, isn't it? You know, we've got the draw now. If we can... Carry on that and get three on Saturday against Grimsby, who will be by no means walkovers. That they won't, because they're doing reasonably well at the moment. You know, it's a starting point, so it's a a means to an end. I think you're always your last result is is always justified by your next result, Nick. So I think we've there is a little bit of pressure now on to to come out on Saturday and uh, get three points. Like Clough said, if you can keep a clean sheet away from home and and take a point, because a clean sheet, of course, guarantees you a point, um, and then win your home games, you should be all right. And that seems to be what he's basing his his current selection tactically on at the moment. Yeah, if you you beat Grimsby, you take four points out of the two games. I think you would take that beforehand. Obviously, the problem comes when you don't. Like you say, you're only as good as sort of your your next result. Because if we do don't win or we lose it that that point all of a sudden doesn't look such a good result but 
Yeah, I get where he's coming from. I think that the problem is, obviously, for the last few games, apart from Colchester, we haven't been winning at home. Um, so that, that kind of point hasn't really worked. But I would rather him go for it at home and, and play defensive away if he did indeed go for it at home. But he sometimes plays the same system in both and we, we kind of look quite samey. But, you know, I'd be happy with, with 4-3-3 at home and 5 at the back away if that's... Yeah, I've got no issue with that. Let's have a little look at some comments which are coming in. As always, uh, feel free to have your say on your team in the comments. Uh, Roger says, the Aikens thing, I really don't know what's going off. After the Colchester game, uh, after the Colchester game, he's a forward, not a defender, full stop. What was your thought process on it, on it Alan, when you heard on uh, Saturday that Aikens was, again, reverted back to right wing back rather than thrown up front after his heroics? And they were heroics uh, just uh, a week bit, before. A little bit disappointed, to be fair, because obviously when I saw the team and I saw how they lined up and Swan wasn't in there, I just assumed... You know, very sillily, <laughs> I assume that Aikens would be partnering Oates, but uh, that wasn't the case, you know. And uh, Lapsley played a lot deeper as well, didn't he? Than what yeah, he normally think, has I been doing. I don't, I don't think purposely, I just I don't think he had the, I don't think he was sort of getting on the ball as much. So he was just sort of no, drifting didn't a lot seem deeper. To be. From the, you know, the clips and everything and the highlights that I've seen, I don't think he was. But, uh, you know, I'm a bit disappointed. But, you know, like like we say, a point's a point. It's a good point. And providing we can get six over this holiday period, I don't think anybody will mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Christmas period is sort of key to it where we, we go on and, and, and build. Let's have a look at some more comments. As always, uh, feel free to get involved. Uh, Martin's been in touch and first of all starts off with, Evening, guys. Christmas is coming. Uh, most of all, Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, into the football. It's a great point Saturday, in my opinion. Let's see Oates and Swan up front in attack. I think that's where he's, he's, he's potentially trying to think of now, Nick, about trying to get a partnership going with them. I think one thing we have to take into consideration when it comes to Oates is the fact that he has missed uh, a fair chunk of football. So probably up until the new year now, he is sort of going through a, a mini pre-season, but mid-season. Yeah, the, the only thing I didn't understand when he brought Oates back, especially away at Everton when, when we were there, was the he played him at right midfield, and I'm just <laughs> yeah. that seems to me to expose him to more running and more likelihood of you know up front. I would have thought that he is quite short, sharp bursts of running, whereas on the wing you're up and down all the time. So I, I didn't understand that. I wasn't. I think although he was a winger at Hartlepool, um, I think with us he's kind of come to be known as our sort of main striker. So I think if he's going to play, he needs to be up front. And, and like Martin said, I think with with him and Aikens or him and Swan, whoever it might be. I, I do think in this league, two up front just gives you that balance and, and means the ball doesn't come back as much. Because I think the problem with us playing one up front is the ball just come, keeps coming back because there's no one to win it or hold it up. And I think the one thing Oates does really well and Aikens is that they hold the ball up. Um, and they mean that the whole the whole team can push out with them. Whereas you play Swan up front on his own and he, he can be a bit lightweight sometimes and the ball just keeps coming back. Speaking of sort of, you know, keeping the ball up front and having somebody to hold it up, it again sparks the whole Hawkins going forward um, debacle. I mean, I'm under no illusions that Nigel Clough sees him as a centre-half and Ollie Hawkins, whilst he's at Mansfield, like he said at the fans' forum, yeah. sees himself as a centre-half as well. And I have no issue with that because I actually think he, he can play quite decently. But I do think we have to utilise him a little bit more because one thing we did see on Saturday, which I was very pleased with because those who know me know that I love a long throw-in coming in from either side. Mm, yeah, Riley Harbour has got an absolute weapon on him and he was yeah. playing right side centre-half and was taking the throw-ins in the attacking third. And even sort of quite deep, they were getting towards the penalty spot and I was just screaming for Hawkins when we got a throw to go up because we had... Um, Hewitt, who was, you know, obviously not on the throw, therefore could sit back and defend. You know, we had Aikens, who was there defending McLaughlin. We had enough defenders to sit back and stop any potential counter-attack. But it just seemed a waste to me, Alan, that when we got that throw in that position, especially sort of early on in the game when it's sort of relatively open, why we didn't utilise that threat? Because one flick on from Hawkins, it drops inside the box of somebody like Oates, who is hungry and, and or dare I say, desperate to get back on the goal-scoring stakes. It just made, it would have made sense for me to see it. It actually made no sense in not seeing it. We were almost like we were overly cautious. Yeah, because uh, like you said, Hewitt stays back because he's about one of the quickest 
and he's not, you know, he can keep up and put the good tackle in and a decent tackle, not a fouling tackle, or he seems to be able to do that. And like you said, with the long throw, if Hawkins is flicking them on up at the front, you need your outs and your lapsleys to be up there, you know, to put the ball in in the onion bag where it needs to be. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange one, you know, with Hawkins playing. I do like Hawkins at the back when he's got Harbottle and Hewitt at the side of him. And did you hear what uh, Nigel said afterwards? I think it was afterwards in there when he said about Perch and O'Toole being better players than those two, but they're not as quick as them. That was surprising to me. I don't know whether you caught that on the interview. I didn't. To be honest, I don't really listen to the post-match interviews no. anymore. Um I think no, that's just it, a, a that pers- was something that was said. That... It was on about, you know, because I think somebody, I don't know whether Steve O said something about Hawkins. And he said, yeah, you've got your two quicker players at the side of him, which is what he likes. And he said, that's why, obviously, John, Joe and uh, Perch weren't playing. He said that they were better players, but not as quick. I know it's true, but it's quite dark. Yeah. Well, you know what Nigel Clough's like. If if they've got a mate playing against him, he'll, he'll throw them under the bus, won't he? He's, he's quite quirky with his comments. It's all good fun. I think the point we're trying to make about the, the throw-ins, Nick, is yeah. you know we, we've got the players there to, to sort of sit and, and defend and, and stop any counter. But Hawkins doesn't necessarily need to, to, to stay up there. He can go up for a, a few, win the flick on, and then bugger off back to back to the back. He doesn't need to stay <laughs> yeah. up there. I just don't think it'd do any harm. I get. I understand it. Why you know, in the last ten minutes against a team like Stevenage, I understand not doing it because it makes sense to defend and defend the clean sheet. But you know, in the first you know sixty minutes, you, you've if you were Nigel Clough, you you'd be screaming at the sidelines for him to to go forward, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think most teams would. I think one thing that is another Cloughism that's very similar that I would put in room one hundred and one should I ever get the chance was the fact that we don't um, we, we we don't leave players up for corners. We've got some quite fast players and, and he, like the likes of Will Swan is going to do nothing in our box, yet they bring them all back. And I yeah. think, well, then the ball gets hoofed out and no one's there, which is another one of those weird, you'd think someone from the coaching team would just look at and go, well, let's just send the fastest player we've got. It doesn't have to be a striker. Just put them up somewhere so that when we do hoof the ball out or someone wins it, it goes to us and not them. And that's another similar thing. It's just a bit of thought. But yeah, I, I don't get why Hawkins would be the first person in there. Or it annoys me where he goes up, but he goes too far back. So the throwing doesn't even reach him. Yeah, get on the front always post. That's my mind. Your, your job is literally, it's almost like he, he trains himself as the, he almost wants to be the poacher at the back post. No, your job is front post. Yeah. You're six foot him. eight or whatever. Just flick mm. it on, backwards header, a job's a good end. Plus, plus the fact from what Nick said, you know, if you do put Swan, Oates or whoever up front, they will invariably put two players on that player. So that's another two players out of Mansell Town's box. But Colchester, so it only lost my mind. one and they've lost two. You know, because that's my the way mind it goes. We did it at Colchester. I'm thinking these are second bottom in the league. They've not got a put. They've got one point all season away from home, and yeah. we brought everybody back for every single free kick and corner. It, it didn't make sense, but um, yeah, well, overall it was a good point. I don't think we can complain too much, but yeah, it, it all depends what we do on Saturday. I think. This is exactly why I called the episode Be Like Santa because we, we looking at our league position, you know, we are fifth at the moment, 34 points, third place Northampton on 39. Um, our goal difference is the lowest in that top, uh, top seven on plus two because we don't score, um, we don't score enough goals. We're not clinical enough. We don't, for, for me, Alan, we don't deliver enough. We're not. It's almost like this is a Craigism for you. When you're young and you go out and you know you're full of lust and you see a beautiful girl or boy or whatever your persuasion may be, you know you you're thirsty. You're on it. You want to be like you want to like chat them up. You want it. You want to steal the deal. You want it. You want it done. It's bish bash bosh. It's you. You want it all. It's that hunger, that desire. But for 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 Mansfield's attack, it's like we're the opposite. It's like we're so frigid within like a chastity coat that we just cannot unlock we've just got no spunk in our attack <laughs> there's some good analogies there Craig Did you write that script earlier <laughs> I, I am not I am not reading off a screen I pro- exit it reminds me of Disco Inferno 
Me and Alan have got that. a different script to that. Like, I got uh, a different one. That's quality, though. Yeah, no, but... I know what you mean. We just don't shoot. I mean, the worst games were were some of the. I remember at Everton, we had two players throw on goal against their goalkeeper, and all one had to do was one run one way and then pass it the other one, and they almost stopped as if they didn't know what to do. And the goal mm. was about ten foot away. Just didn't kick it in it. Sheffield Wednesday was the same. We tried to walk the ball into the goal, God knows how many times, and it just needs someone just to shoot, as daft as it sounds, because we just don't do it sometimes. We just um, we just but... need that one clinical finish to set somebody up and running. I mean, Swan's yeah. got has he got seven? Seven or eight, yeah. Oates he's got out, how many has Oates he got now? I'm not sure. Oates has got, got a few. And they got, might just it might bounce off each other. He's got one yeah, Everton. We just, we just need that one game where we're like three or four nil, I think, you know, to set us on the road. You know, to give him a bit of confidence. We're getting the players back now. We're getting the players back in the <laughs> Theoretically, in their position, your Macca's looking pretty fit now. Oates is fit and it looks good. And Libby's fit as well. Hi, Libby. Yeah, and Libby agrees with you. She certainly does. That's not a very Libby. loud Libby bark, that. That's, is, she, is, she, is she all right? It's very yeah. quiet. Yeah, Libby Jeanette's bark, just come downstairs. When anybody moves in the house, she barks. Oh, bless her. Uh, right, let's have a look at some more comments. Simon says, uh, the more players we keep forward, the more players they will have to keep back to defend. It's yeah. a simple uh, analogy. Roger says, we don't gamble enough. We don't put a man on halfway when the opposition have a corner. Uh, Martin says, yeah, Hawking signs a striker. Uh, he's, he's never been a centre-half. He's not quick enough uh, for one. Uh, whereas Simon disagrees and says he's solid at the back but needs more pace around him. I knew we'd start that argument again of, Hawkins striker versus uh, centre half. Um, that's just what happens every single week, isn't it? But I agree, we do need to have that game, don't we, where we actually come out and, and batter someone. Yeah. But do you know what? Last season, and I keep harking back to it because, although you should never compare, because we t- we what twenty one games into this one now, and it's all about this. Where you c- you know you can't change the past, but you can't help but uh, compare. I did have the sense going into games last year that somebody was going to get an absolute spanking. But honestly, hand on heart, Nick, I don't think I've gone into any game this season thinking that we are going to turn somebody over. We just don't have enough about us. It's like we're it's like we're a car engine on a cold morning. We'll start, but we don't want to. No, there's a couple of games where we should have done. When we were 2-0 up against Hartlepool, who were comfortably one of the worst teams I'd seen. And we absolutely battered them. And at 2-0, we decided to switch off mm. um, and let them back into it. And they ended up, you know, obviously scoring two. Uh, games like Colchester, you just think that other teams against that Colchester oh. side a, a week last Saturday would have absolutely battered them. You know, if they'd have been mm. in front of Stevenage, Lake Norian, they'd have had four or five. You know, and we, we looked barely capable of scraping one. Um, but... The thing is, we do keep winning games here and there, and it does. The performances aren't terrible. They're just like you say. You don't have the confidence that we're going to go out and and win. Whereas I think last season, every game I went to at home, you just kind of sat there and waited, almost Man City esque, because you knew you were going to win, and you kind of sat there. Certainly, the second half of the season, thinking, "Well, I wonder how many we're going to score today." Whereas this year, it's more, "I wonder how we're going to score or if we're going to score today." That's that. That's generally been the feeling I think at home, especially in the, the away games I've been to. It's you're always a bit nervy. Um, but yeah, there's there's something a little bit pedestrian about us at the minute. Can't quite put us, my finger on it, but we're not very smooth, and it's very almost like you say, an engine trying to start, but it can't quite start. Sometimes it fires for a bit, and then it goes goes dead again, and then it starts again. And yeah, we're we're a bit off the boil. But to be to be fifth at this point of the season isn't a bad place to be, is it? But I'm gonna well, I'm gonna hold my hands up. I'm gonna hold my hands up. It's the first time that I've looked at the league table all season. I, I never tend to look at it until around Christmas anyway. Obviously, I would have paid more attention to it had the old commentary thing happened in the summer. And I would have probably t- taken a little bit more interest uh, as well, to be fair. But fifth does surprise me. I'm not I'm not going to lie because I don't think we've performed anywhere near the potential we're going to be. I think somebody asked, um, I think we were talking about it on last week's show, um, talking about the percentage where we're at. I don't think we've hit 70% of what we're capable of doing performance-wise yet. So to be fifth is actually quite surprising. What what, what are we? Uh, 34, 34 points there on 39. So what what's that? Five points? Five, five six points away from... Five from, points. Uh, haven't Northampton yeah. got a game in hand on us now? 
Yeah, they have. But they've also got, you know, you look at the goal difference in there as well. Leighton Orient, top, played 20, 48 points, 21, plus 21 goal difference. Stephen is just behind him, played 21, plus 15 on 44 points. Northampton in third, 20 games played, plus 14 goal difference, 39 points. Barrow in fourth, um, obviously had a great start to the season, um, even though we've taken points off them as well. Yeah. Um, and beating them in the FA Cup. Um, I don't think 20- it's a great league. I don't think it's a great no. league this year. It doesn't feel like teams are coming to us and you're going, oh, they're a good team. They're, at Swindon were probably the only one that I thought they're a really good side. But compared yeah. to last year, when we seemed to have so many teams who were up yeah. there and were fighting for it, you know, down to something like 12th on the final day, this year it seems everyone's a little bit pedestrian. You know, you even look at Leighton Orient, we should have beat them comfortably. Oh, easy. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, Stevenage, we should have beat on Saturday. Northampton I've not seen, but Barrow are, are reasonably poor every time they seem to play us. It just seems yeah. the league is such a... Maybe it's all the teams are getting closer because there isn't really any teams to pull away. But it, it, it seems a poor league this year from recent memory. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of dynamic teams in there. They're all very samey. They all play very sim. They all play five at the back. You know, they're all very similar teams. I think everyone seems quite similar this year. This is where it could be interesting when we play Boxing Day with Northampton. Mm. You know, because if we can take three points off them, it gets us that bit closer. And, you know, and it puts a, a proper spanner in the works, you know, because Mansfield could be there or start to get there or thereabouts where the injured players coming back and, you know, getting a bit of momentum going. Based on performance, are, is our league position of fifth giving us a false sense of security based purely on what we're delivering on the pitch? Yes, we're getting the points, but in terms of the physical output, are we in a false position? Nick, I'll come to you first. Um, I think I don't think that the thing is that I think is we haven't whenever teams come to us I don't ever think they're much better than us if at all I always think to be honest we're better than them so maybe it's not a false position but you look at teams like Barrow, Stevenage I mean Warsaw aren't that far behind us this time last year they were very very poor sides who you would expect to beat every week Stevenage included and then this year they're, they're all up there but uh, yeah I Maybe it's slightly false, but then if we dropped a bit lower down, I haven't seen many teams that are better than us. I think we've been poor on occasions and, and, and lost because we were poor rather than because the other side were better. Um, barring maybe Swindon. I don't think anyone who we've lost to or played against home or away, really, I've thought, oh, they were brilliant. You know, yeah, So even... maybe it's not a false position. I don't know. I haven't. It's hard to judge, isn't it? Because I don't think any, many teams have been better than us. Yeah, I mean, maybe because I'm I'm so hung up on last season from the personal point of view, which is why I don't see uh, us as fire, firing and why I think we're a little bit false in, in fifth. But we are churning out results and football is a results-based business, Alan. And, you know, come the end of the season, if we're sat in third and, and we've, we've done it and we've got automatic promotion, am I going to give a toss about whether we've played That's teams it. off the port for 46 games? No, I'm not, because we've ultimately achieved the game, which is one better than, than last season, which was failure. I just think it's our own Dan, uh, Dan doing, if you like, that, you know, that we're, we're, we're fifth, which is a good position to be, you know, to move on from. But, you know, I think it's our fault that we're not pulling all the trees up like we should be, because we, we've got to tell, we've got to, face it, we've had injuries and whatever, and we've had different players playing in different positions. Once everything starts to get back to normal and click, I just, I, I'm positive. I just think we'll see a definite different Mansfield town. Now, you see, there is the point for me. That's that's the debatable thing. I don't think it's going to because we've got no. this flippant thing of not being settled enough I think it can click and if it does I completely agree that we will absolutely soar but we are 21 games in to our league season and we seem to flip between this five at the back and playing players out of position and what I see as a, a, a negative to this good four where we could be hungry and fluid like we were last year and then go on and, and beat teams. I don't think after 21 games we've we've found our identity and at this stage of the season Nick, 21 games played, you know, you're almost a, th- a third of the way there, um, almost nearly even halfway there for, for some yeah. of the games that you've, you, you've played. I think 
a lot of other teams perhaps have found their identity and I think we need to discover it and we need to discover it sooner rather than later because, you know, three games time, we're going to be into January, which means transfer window. And it's, where do you go? Are we going to bring players in to suit the five? Are we going to bring players in to suit the four? Are we going to bring players in to um, suit something completely different? Or are we just not going to bother? And I've got a horrible feeling it's the latter. Yeah, I'm not sure on the on the on the format. I think he, I think a lot of the time we played the five because he made a few fundamental errors in the summer. We signed a centre midfielder too many, so then I think in his head he's forced to play a formation that has three, or at least gives him the option to play three central midfielders. Because if he only played a, a two, we've got far too many central midfielders in Lapsley, Maris, Hartigan, Boateng, Clark to not play, to play just two. So therefore, I think in his head, he's thinking, well, I need to play three, which is why even when we play the four, we play the two and then one in front of them. That's mm. why we only ever play one up front because we're trying to crow midfielders in. So maybe if we were to lose maybe one in the in the January and maybe bring others in, maybe it might change. But I still don't think he knows what his, what his favourite 11 is. I think he's playing these formations because the players we have, the squad is still unbalanced, isn't it? We've still... Really only got one out-and-out striker, which you would say is Swan, because Oates is a bit of a winger-stroke striker and Aikens and Bowery play all over the shop. But we've got far too many central midfielders, and that's the problem, is that he has to shoehorn them in, which is why they always end up playing. Uh, even when we play four, we end up with four central midfielders all in a line. Um, yeah. And I think that is the reason why he's been quite reluctant. And, and I think I've said it before on the podcast, when we have a successful Stags team, you can name the eleven. If I asked Alan to name the 11 from a successful promotion year, or if I asked you, Craig, to name the 11 from when we went up in 01, you could probably name the 11 now, near enough. But if I asked you... 01, I'd be struggling, but I can cert- <laughs> I could certainly do 10 years. I could or the, co- or the, or the conference, conference the conference 11. I mean, I was thinking when I was 9 or 10, Marriott, I could still name you the 01 team. Marriott, Beavers, Dempster, Jones, Sutton, Murray, Howell, Clements... Green, Meikle, Briscoe, I think it would have yeah, probably and I, been. And I could yeah. still go Pil- Pilkington, Hassel, Barrett, Robinson. Um, you go Pemberton, Corden, Williamson, Disley, Lawrence, Greenacre and White. I could still do that yeah. now. But I couldn't tell you what this season's team yeah. is because you just don't know. And good good teams are always quite consistent and players get used to playing next to each other because they know where that player's going to be when they hit the ball down the line. They know, you know, it's almost like the Quinn and McLaughlin last year. They always knew where each other was going to yeah. be. Whereas this year, those relationships aren't... They don't ever play two games next to each other. So you don't know who's... When you turn to your right, you don't know who's going to be there because whoever was there last week probably isn't there next week. And I think that is part <laughs> of the problem because they're just... It's, so how can you build a relationship at work if you never yeah. see them, if you only see them once a month? It just... I mean, per- personally, I quite it. like that because it, it keeps me away from people. I just don't like people. <laughs> if anyone's going to get me anything from Christmas, it's a t- for Christmas, it's a T-shirt which says, I don't do people off um, but that's a good present for me but I get your point it, you know what it actually reminds me of that famous clip I can never remember the side but I think the team playing orange there's a central midfielder who gets the ball sort of on the right hand side and he sees like a steward there's a steward walking down yeah. uh, the outside and he pings and he the ball it's a perfect it pass yeah. straight to him he's like what? Oh, I thought he was on my team. It's, it's that. <laughs> that. That is Mansfield Town. Uh, right, let's talk uh, Christmas period games. Um, we are, as we say, in fifth, 34 points. Busy Christmas period coming up. And it, it almost, I think, pretty much starts on Saturday for me. You've got the game before Christmas and then the, the, the games over the festive period. Grimsby first up, 14th place at the moment, 27 points. Uh, they absolutely turned us over, Alan, in the uh, Papa Luigi uh, trophy yeah. earlier this season when we were nowhere near it. We owe them a little bit for that, but on home turf, they'll bring a, a fair following, probably a sold-out yeah. away end. Last home game before Christmas, so it'll either go one or two ways. It will be full or everybody will be off doing the last-minute Christmas shopping and it'll be a dead atmosphere. I think it'll be a good atmosphere and a good opportunity to surely get um, get three points over this uh, festive period. Well, he's got the perfect chance, hasn't he? He's got the perfect chance to put a nice attacking formation in and, you know, let's go for it. Go for the jugular. Because if if he gets a decent three points with a decent performance on Saturday, albeit one or two goals, whatever, it will just put everybody in a good stead, good frame of mind for Boxing Day, which is what you want. Because everybody would say, oh, possibly, you know, Northampton, Grimsby will take four points. No, 
We want six and to keep that momentum going. The tough one, Nick, is the Northampton game on Boxing Day. Obviously, uh, they will be scratching for revenge because of the the playoffs. As we as we know, we had great success in that. They'll take no sort of uh, prisoners when it comes to the songs, singing that you know playoff final and you fucked it up and all of that sort of nonsense yeah. as well. Um, that'll be a, a big game. But like you were, uh, like you say, uh, like Alan said, uh, Nick. You know, you don't want four points from the two. You want six, and we're yeah. at home. We've got to set the standard. Yeah, I think we've got to go for them, especially if you, you win those two games and, and it looks a completely different complexion, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Northampton is a six-pointer because not only do we get three, they don't get any. So um, sometimes I'm more confident with us against teams in the top six and the bottom six, considering I think someone said we'd, we'd, we'd won one out of the bottom seven teams or something like that playing them. So, you know, but they're, they're two local games, aren't they? It kind of goes out the window a little bit. But yeah, like Alan said, you've got to go for them. You, you're at home. What have you got to lose? You know, I'm sure the fans would rather us go for it That's and, right. uh, you know, slightly come up short than, than go defensive and, and, and yeah. get very little. You know, two points out of that, two draws out of those games is no good, is it? I'd no. rather win one and lose one and absolutely go for it. I think everyone would rather that because I think we're at our best when we're attacking. I don't yeah. think sitting back suits us. I just don't, I don't think it ever has at Mansfield in the 25, 26 years I've been going. I, I don't think sitting back's ever suited us. It never, it's never worked. So, like Alan said, you've got to go for it. Hopefully, a decent crowd. Um, I like to see that early goal as well, Nick. That yeah, I mean, we, when was that? We probably have, but it it's feels like last year. It just sets you up. It sets mm. you up. That if we come out the blocks like we did, firing. if we come out the blocks like we did against Sheffield Wednesday, I thought we created about ten chances in ten minutes. It seemed at Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Not every time we went forward, we were creating a chance. Mm. We seemed to flood their sort of defence with attackers, and they didn't know where to turn. You know, you start like that at home, and 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 the crowd gets. Their crowd gets on their back and we get on top a little bit, but we have a tendency to sit back at the start for some reason. I think we just need to go for it, don't we? I think and, and see what happens because at this level, when you attack teams and run at them, they they're not the best defenses in the world, are they? In League Two, especially a team who's fourteenth, we, we if, should really go for it. Even if they come and park the bus, so to speak, you get an early goal, or it don't matter what time the goal goes in, they've got to change their you know options, haven't they? Because mm. otherwise, they're not going to win the game. They've got no. to come out further, and you know, which leaves space at the back for us to exploit with your Swan, your Akins, your Oats, or whoever's up there. Yeah, and of course, you know, we're talking about potentially getting six points from the two home games. We've got a trip to Hartlepool, uh, sandwiched between Christmas and New Year. Um, I think on the 29th, an evening game, a yeah. Thursday night, um, up in uh, up in Hartlepool against another former. Stag's boss in Keith Curley went viral a few months ago for some of his post-match comments, which were uh, hilarious. Um, but they are sitting 22nd, just a point above the drop zone. So by virtue of the fact that we've said six from six from the two home games, surely it should be nine from nine. Um, yeah. Uh, considering their position, we, we've got to show no mercy. This is the time to show, you know, Christmas is all about giving and, and things like that. Well, let's not give by way of giving opposition chances or points. Let's give by giving our supporters nine points on the board. Yeah, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. And then, of that course... game worries me more, though. The Hartlepool game worries me a lot more than the two at home because yeah. you know what we're like. Playing 22nd in the league away from home, we may as well yeah, give them the points written, and, uh, and just yeah. move on. It's got defeat written all over it, to be fair. And then, of course, Warsaw on uh, New Year's Day, um, which we'll come on to uh, another time. But let's go back to Grooms because it's the aforementioned time of the show. It's podcast predictions time. Uh, And Nick, as the guest this week, um, we'll let you go first for Grimsby at home. So uh, outcome result and first goal time, please. I'm going to go 2-1 Stags and I'm going to go, I'm going to hope and make one of Alan's Christmas wishes come true. I'm going to go for a goal in the seventh minute. Yeah, I'll take that now, Nick. I'm not guaranteeing who it's for, but there'll be a goal in the seventh minute. Well, there you go, Alan. I'm going. I'm I'm thinking that Nigel's going to put the uh, is being listening to our podcast. He's going to go with an attacking formation. And I'm well, well, hang on a minute. If if Nigel had been listening to our podcast since the last time, he wouldn't have played Lucas Aikens at right wing back on uh, on on Saturday at Stevenage. Obviously, he missed that episode. He changed his mind. I think Mansfield will win three-one. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. We're not. We don't seem to be very good at that. It'll be three-one, and I'm going for the forty. Uh, sorry, seventeenth minute. 
17th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will go. I prefer for... Nick's seventh minute. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Nick's scoreline of 2 1 um, because yeah. we can't we can't beat teams. We cannot beat teams comfortably. Um, I will go for. Do you know what? I'm going to keep the seven theme going. So I'm going to choose 27. <laughs> and uh, there you go. Just, just to yeah. mix it up a little bit. So uh, 27 is my answer. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link is in the description. You must do so no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. Um, comments don't count. Social media don't count, etc., etc., etc. You must do it via the link and we'll post the rest of our predictions on social media later in the week. Right. Obviously, Nick, you're doing great things on social media with uh, Mansfield Town uh, shirts, showcasing shirts of Mansfield's past. Uh, we've jumped on the bandwagon of posting daily at the minute with a very stupidly named uh, Santa's Stagvent calendar, a question a day between the 1st and the 24th of uh, December. First and foremost, have you been playing along? Yeah, I've answered, I've answered a few. To be honest, sometimes I don't always go on my phone during the day and I don't see them, but I have I have done, I think I've done quite a few. Yeah, the, the Brian Jensen one, there was a, a Disley one as well. Um, I was going to put a shirt on from 1 to 25 until I realised I didn't have a number five. So that, that literally <laughs> killed that dead in the water because I thought, well, you can't fold number 15 in half. No. So I give up on that one because I don't have a number well, five. Well, you could, well, you could have done, you could have just skipped um, and, and just done like 25 as. Like yeah, just skipped an or you could like, yeah, <laughs> you just just lied. Might have it. You could have had notes. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Nobody wants it. that. Nobody wants that. Life does. <laughs> I know. It certainly does. Uh, today's question, uh, if you've not seen it, was all about Jason Lord. Now I'm going to hold my hands up a little bit. When I first started it, what I should have done, I should have done twelve. Because it would have been a lot easier. And yeah. a lot, it would have been over by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've done twenty-four. I've tried to theme it around the num, the, like the squad number. So like day one was all about number ones. Yeah. Day three was about like hat tricks and strikers, and it's getting a little bit loose now. But obviously, I got a little bit stick yesterday because it was the day fourteen, and obviously there was only going to be one question on day fourteen. Oh, definitely. About Neil McKenzie. Neil McKenzie. Today is all about fifteen, and our current fifteen, number fifteen, Alan is. Jason Law. Uh, he is. And he's also our current longest serving player, um, remarkably. So even though he never gets played, shame. Um, that's my Christmas wish. More game time for Jason Law. Um, so the question today was, can you name the former managers that Jason Law has played under at the Stags? So Nick, I'm going to uh, hand it over to you. First and foremost, put a bid in of how many managers you think he's played under. Oh, oh, does, this is this is uh, giving Alan more thinking time. Um, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have a clue. Does I mean, it? Does I could it have are a guess we managers? Are we including caretakers in this? No, no. permanent no. managers. Permanent managers only. In my head, it's. Oh, did he play under Evans? I'm going to go four, and I'm going to go Clough, Cochlan, Flitcroft, and Evans. Okay. Alan, any oh, no, Dempster as well. I, I was just, I was just going to say, I would go Dempster as well. Dempster. And That's five. Who was the other one before him? I would have said six. I would have guessed six. I'll go five. I can't think who the other one is. Well, Alan is right with six. Oh, um, come on, does, <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to have um, played uh, because he served under them. He was a Mansfield Town player uh, whilst yeah. they were the manager. Um, but, I, but I do believe that he has actually played under all six. He must have done because every one of them would have played him in the Johnson's paint or whatever the... Uh, who was the other the one then, would Craig? So in order, it was Adam Murray who brought oh, him to Adam the club. Murray. Yeah. Um, then, then, of course, Steve Evans. Then David Flickcroft. Then John Dempster. Yeah. Uh, then Graham Coughlin. Yeah. And then, of course, Nigel Clough. Um, I suppose yeah. there is possibly a case for putting um, Richard Cooper in there and having it as a seventh, but Nick asked about caretaker managers yeah. and I had to say no to that. But I think he probably did play or he would at least been in the squad um, for those games when Cooper was in I would charge. Have so if, so. Some, if somebody put, you know, it's the, it's the season of goodwill and that. So if somebody puts seven and puts Cooper in there, I will allow it. But uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, he's only made nine appearances. 
which over five managers to have your longest serving player having played nine games in the league. That's uh, got to. Have that's played not more a good than... stat, is it? He's got to have played more than nine games, surely. That's league games, so I don't know whether he's. I'm, I'm just literally just googled it on Wikipedia. Now they're not often uh, right on these things. It's not. I don't normally use them as my ultimate source, but according to that, he's played nine games. Oh, wow. League games. Like, let me have a look. What this? This is a bit yeah. more. Ah, so that's a tw- right. So the Wikipedia is on its off its rocker because it says twenty six on transfer market. So, mm. but even though twenty six games, that's more I'd love like to know how many starts. I'd love to know how many starts. I bet he's not got not far off double figure starts. I bet he hasn't. Done I don't think starts. it'll be double figure starts. No, that's, no. that's got to be. Uh, that's got to be yeah. a low, hasn't it? Five, five. You know, six managers. Twenty six is more. Yeah, if he says twenty six league games on there. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, I mean, it does, you know, to be fair, Clough has been the most prominent one, um, bringing him on as a sub. And of course, there was the COVID season where he made his breakthrough, where he did get a yeah. fair few yeah. um, starts yeah, towards is. the end. And obviously, you've got the, the Papa Luigi's trophy in there as well. But um, like Roger says, Law's got more chance of meeting the Pope than getting more games. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cross our fingers. But that's an alarming stat, isn't it? Even if it's 26. I can't do the math. 26 league 20, games, yeah. <laughs> 26 league games over six managers. It's about four yeah. per manager. It's about, about four, four per manager. manager. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, wow. But there you go. Uh, any, I haven't made tomorrow's question yet. Um, it'll be obviously day 16. Any suggestions thought, on what I, what I should do? We've, we've could done... It, could it do anything with Mr. Quinn? Oh, I could He's do. 16. Yeah, number 16, yeah. yeah. Could do. Could yeah, Mr. Steve, Quinn... Yeah, I mean, I've done. I try and mix the style of the question up as well a little bit because I know mm. not everybody likes an anagram, um, especially oh, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan goes mad when it's anagrams. Oh, I, I love, love anagrams. anagrams. La- I mean, last year we did twelve mugs and mugsmas, and every day it was an ex-player and it was an anagram. And to be honest, yeah. I prefer that to what I've, what I've done this year. Um, so I'm bringing back that back next year. Um, <laughs> and gonna, I'll do an. What I'll do is I'll have an anagram of advent calendar, and we'll call it that. So, um, there you go. Um, but so I'll try and mix it up. So I've done a, f- a few where it's like guess the player based on like their career stats. I've done a few like sequence based questions. So who's like next in line for like who like with the number ones I did it was work backwards who's wore the shirt number. But get you have to then rely on your own memories. It's not easy mm. to find who's had those no. those numbers because there's a number of the conference you- years. Mixed Could up. you find Quinny's? You know how he was an international. Could you find yeah. out how many games he'd actually played and who the teams were he'd played against? Well, that's a good one. I mean, I don't know the answers, but I have to do no, a bit I'm of research. Just, but because surely, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many games he did. Oh, <laughs> Nick's on it straight away. Look, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't don't say the answers out loud because I might just tell <laughs> Craig the teams privately. <laughs> It was just a thought, you know, with it being 16, Mr. Quinn. Uh, could you yeah. have the question, has Stephen Quinn played more international games than Jason Law has played domestic <laughs> games? Yes, there's, that, that there's is your, a question. There's yes. your question. There it Who's is. played more games, just Stephen Quinn for uh, the Republic of Ireland or or uh, Jason Law for the Stags? <laughs> oh, well, that's easy, I mean, yes or no, isn't it? Yeah. Not unless you make think... it true or false, Gray. Yeah, it's bound to be Stephen Quinn, but uh, we'll see what madness my brain comes up with between yeah. now and tomorrow morning, basically, and we'll we'll mm. we'll see what happens, and we might bumble out. I mean, the actual question should be: Is Craig actually going to get through to day twenty-four and actually post twenty-four <laughs> questions? So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see, but uh, yes, we'll wait and see. I think I will because my OCD will go slightly mental if I don't manage to reach day sixty, day twenty-four. We're expecting but, a special yeah. one on the twenty-fifth as well. Me and Alan will be up early waiting. <laughs> well, it's like your little Christmas present. Well, you know, Christmas Day, actual Christmas Day, December the twenty fifth. I won't be doing anything because, like, everyone's everywhere else. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm to, to quote the lone, the mud song. I am lonely this Christmas. So it's actually yeah. just December the twenty fifth. So I might just hammer out a load of content. But there you go. Wait and see. Make sure you follow us on social media at MTFC Matters to uh, find uh, the next in line of Stag's questions and. Uh, We'll see what's going. I might for like day twenty four. I might just do like twenty four questions, um, all mm. themed around the stags and and do like a mega one. But that requires effort and dedication <laughs> time. and time, which 
like I said, you know, I haven't gotten a minute, especially on day 24, because on day 23, all of this stuff behind me is going to have to come down and be moved. So, yeah. you know, it's... it's, it's, it's it, it might, right, anyway. 24 might have to be a really, really simple one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. What is my name? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, in this box of stuff that we've packed to move? What, is yeah. it kitchen yeah. stuff, dining room I, stuff? I don't office? know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says circular saw on the box, but I think it's got books in. So we'll yeah. wait and say. Right, that's almost all we've got time for. Um, we'll hopefully uh, see you again before Christmas, Nick, and get you yes. on one more time before the festivities. Um, we need to. De- you need to definitely have a count up of how many shirts you've you've got, and let us know whether you've hit that hundred. I'll do that for next time. Or, or, there's, or there's not. There's forty-two on there, so I, I must be. I must be close. I've got to be. Yeah, and when you hit the, think, yeah. the, mag- the you, magical Alice. fifty of uh, that, might be the question. Um, how many shirts has Nick got? And um, that that could be uh, that could be the actual question. It's like one of those when you when there's like sweets in a jar, and you have to guess how many sweets yeah. are in the jar. How many shirts are behind his head? <laughs> <laughs> any room talking of, of obviously you know there is a surge in shirt buying at christmas time because especially those who know that people want to buy them they can get themselves a bit of pocket money for christmas any dealings in the uh, shirt market ongoing nick or has uh, your attention been focused to paying uh checks to santa um i i've got a few that have said yes i've got one you can have one and then haven't replied back to me for a bit so i'm currently talking with Mal Benning, but it's kind of, because he's currently playing, it's quite difficult to... Mm. also got Jamie Clark, but he happens to live in Bangkok and all of his shirts are in a lockup <laughs> in Mansfield. So once, I'm kind of dependent on him on that one. I can't ask him for the keys to his lockup and start snooping around myself. <laughs> so he said I can Take have one, his... but it kind of... Uh, yeah, it, it kind of... Yeah. Um, I'm waiting on his on him on that one. I can't quite push that much further. Good Lord. So, uh, yeah, it, it might... There might not be any more before Christmas. Oh, the hunt for shirts continues. If anyone has got a shirt, a match-worn shirt for sale, or knows of one where there's one, or just genuinely wants to see the museum, which Nick is uh, collating, <laughs> um, where can people find you? Um, so if anyone does make the fatal error of telling me they've got a shirt and doesn't expect me to pester them for the next two years, then, um, yeah, Mansfield Town shirts, generally everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now you see, you missed out on uh, on one because there was a, a raffle, wasn't there, Alan, in the last home game, which uh, two match worn shirts were, were given away. And I messaged Nick about it; he, he knew nothing about it. I knew nothing. I can't believe Alan didn't just give me a shout out on the microphone, and I'd have, <laughs> I'd have come down. I knew something about it. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I missed that. I joined Facebook a day late as well because someone from Chesterfield, of all places, was selling four match worn shirts that they'd collected, and they went the day before I uh, joined Facebook. So that was all right. I missed out on that one. Oh, gutted. Well, we'll keep our, our eyes out and see what comes next in the collection. Is there a particular era that you're looking for at the minute or are you just uh, ad hoc looking? Um, yeah, for some somehow I haven't got the... Uh, well, I didn't have the promotion season from the conference until I met um, a certain Mr Briscoe oh. recently. That's his shirt from him the, the Gateshead game. That was the last game he scored for the Stags in the conference and that's his shirt from that game. Oh, very nice. We had, um, so nice, yeah, um, yeah, early early two thousands, late nineties at the minute because the conference one seems to have been easy to get hold of. I'm not quite sure why. And the more recent ones I've kind of got. So yeah, nineties really at the minute. Well, we'll uh, keep our eyes out for you as well and uh, see what happens. Make sure you go and follow Nick on uh, all things social media to keep up to date with his vast array of shirt uh, collections and. Uh, keep an eye out for that special post about the collection of storage uh, away shirts. Going to be honest, I can't remember a fair few of them. So, uh, uh, have you got any third shirts yet? As well, have you got a third shirt rail? They're in the away shirt rail at the minute. I've got home away in third, and then goalkeeper ones. I think I've got all the third shirts. The one I got recently was the Briscoe, the light blue one that we only wore once. So I was quite pleased to get that because they didn't make many. It was the long sleeve one. They didn't make that. Mm. Um, I actually so, yeah. can't remember that. Yeah, yeah I think they were. I want to say we wore it against was it Lewis or somebody like that? It was it was worn once basically. I, so um, because I believe the dark blue Green King shirt was too similar to the National League referee shirts who always wear black. Uh, Whereas the Football League, yeah. the referees change their colours, but in the National yeah. League they don't. They always wear black. So I think there was an issue with that, uh, and we had to then. But we only wore it once, so there's only probably sixteen of them knocking around. So I was quite pleased to get Louis Briscoe. Wow. 
Well, there you go. And it's a good, good player to get as well, Louis Briscoe. Yes. A really yeah. nice guy as well. We had him on yeah. the podcast uh, for a while ago during uh, lockdown. wasn't the greatest episode in terms of tech-wise, but we got through it and he was a, a lovely guy with all the stories as well. And uh, another one that we'd actually like to get back on because there is a certain yeah, he, reunion which we need to do. Yeah, he said he, that was a hotel car park opposite MacArthur Glen, that one. So that was, <laughs> I don't know if that's more upmarket than a service station or not. Uh, I didn't ask about the I didn't ask about the places that you're going to meet random men who are handing you items of their clothing. Out of context, that sounds weird. And do you know what? The wife was in the car. It. The wife was in the car. That's even that's even weirder. That's I mean safety numbers and all that, but out of context, that <laughs> does sound weird. And, and do you know what? That's where I'm going to leave it for this week. I'll see you again soon. Well, there you go. That's it. The full-time whistle has blown on yet another Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks to you for watching or listening at home. And, of course, my thanks to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel as well. They'll be with us one more time before Christmas next week as we reflect on all things Grimsby and we look ahead to Hartlepool and beyond. As always, make sure you get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Who is going to be top of the table on Christmas Day? Will Alan have a resurgence to the top or will it be one of you guys, the listeners at home, who takes the crown as Mansfield Matters Podcast Predictions Christmas Champion. Get your votes in now, get your guesses in now as well, and we'll find out come Christmas Day. Right, that's it. I'm off to try and squeeze in some more Christmas films. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.